I see a lot of new faces out there. My name's Tanner. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the associate slash youth pastor here at Verbatim Church. Our senior pastor, Terry, is out today. And um, so you guys get me this morning. And it's actually, thank you. Actually, twice in the three weeks you get me. So, I'm man, I'm happy to be up here. God's really done a work on me in this last year, getting me more and more comfortable up here. If it gets a little cold today, it's because I have Matt have the AC on the entire time while I'm up here. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll literally melt to death if I don't have the AC on. So just bear with me. This, I, we got people in the front row today, the splash zone. So it's good for you guys. They're like first timers too. have never seen me before in my life. So you guys are in for a treat this morning. Uh, but the title of my sermon today is Stand Firm. You guys want to open your Bibles up to 2 Peter chapter 2. That's where we're going to start this morning. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I got an opportunity to come up here and I taught in 2 Peter chapter 1. If you guys remember what 2 Peter chapter 1 was about and and what I taught on was, uh, Peter just emphasized the importance of uh, learning and clinging to the proper knowledge of God and the word of God and and just that us as Christ followers need to continue to, to grow our relationship and our knowledge of God. That we're not just supposed to be spiritual couch potatoes that, that end up just, you know, oh, I have a relationship with God and that's where it ends. So we need to keep growing on this. And he focuses on some practical things and some benefits that we get by just uh, growing that relationship and and growing in the word of God and, and the Holy Spirit. We talked about a lot of that in chapter one. But building on this chapter one and all the blessings and practical things and all this stuff that Peter's talking about in chapter one, he's really setting it up for these chapters two and three. And so we're going to see that today. And Peter really pivots uh, from a place of this is how you guys grow to this is why I'm telling you guys you need to grow. And, and it, it kind of turns into a, a little bit of a warning for us <clears throat> that there's some things we need to look out for. There's some things out there that we need to be aware of. And, and this, there's some reasons why he's, he's saying it's so important to grow in the word of God. We'll be looking this morning uh, that there's, there's two things that I'm going to point out this morning that uh, we just need to be ready for. Stand firm. Uh, and it's standing firm against false teachers. And it's standing firm on the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back. So those are the two points I really want to focus on this morning. And this is the, um, that's really going to see that in uh, chapters two and three. The first thing, I want to really just point out is this is such a short book of the Bible and it's a, you know, it's a letter. It was meant to be read just in one section. Sometimes that can get lost in our, our Bibles as they've been broken down into chapters and pieces and, and it's to help us. And most of the time it is helpful, but um, there's just, I, the, end of chapter one and the beginning of chapter two, I think go hand in hand with each other. So I just want to read those two together real fast. 
And I think it makes more sense in that kind of mindset of just saying, this is the end of chapter one. It says, for the prophecy never came by the will of man, by holy men of God spoke, but holy men of God as they were moved by the spirit. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false prophets among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. So I just think there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to get out of that first kind of section of chapter one goes right into this chapter two. And it says, but you know, there's this, we need to, the, the word of God is the word of God. It's written by men through the Holy spirit, but it's written by God. And he says, but we've got these other group of people that aren't teaching that. So I think it's important to really look at that. Our whole, the whole theme of Peter's message can be tied in, uh, of this entire book, uh, just in the last two chapters of, or the last two verses of chapter three, and that's uh, 17 and 18. It says, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away by the air of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And that really just sums up chapters one, two, and three, and how they all just come together perfectly and just make a complete book. So I'm going to admit that I tried so hard to cram all three books together and try to teach all three books. And what a rookie mistake for a young pastor to be like, think he could tackle all three books in one, but uh, I'm going to do it in a, I'm going to do it in two weeks. So I'm going to try to do two and three today, which was still so hard to do, but we're going to, we're going to give it, we're going to give it a try today. So um, if you're a note taker, I've got two points today. And point number one is uh, beware of false teachers. Pretty straightforward. Verse one in chapter two says, but there were also false prophets among the people even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed by covetousness. They will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. We're going to stop right there. This section of passage, obviously talking about false teachers, Peter's making that very clear in, in this first part of the scripture here. But I just want to remember who he's writing to. He's writing to one of the first churches. And it's still as relevant, if not more relevant today than it was uh, back then, 2,000 years ago when Peter wrote it. God knew that this would be an issue in the church. God knew this, this was an issue in the church back then. He knew it was going to be an issue in the church today. And it's been an issue in the church ever since. Yeah. Where this is nothing new to the, the church. It just seems to be getting worse. 
But Peter's using some pretty bold language here. He uses the word destructive like three or four times. Blasphemy, covetousness, deception. Um, he's very blunt about what these false teachers are going to come do and the harm that they can do to us as Christians. And he's trying to be crystal clear here. I'm not sure how clear he can be about the topic that the word of God and false doctrine can't simply coexist. There's the word of God or there's false doctrine. They can't come together. It's, it's one or the other. There's no room for, for both in the church. And it's talked about a lot in the Bible. There's just countless places where the Bible talks about these false teachers, especially in the New Testament. Just a few that I picked out. Romans 16, 17 says, Now I urge you, brethren, note that those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Galatians 1, 9. As we have said before, now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. And Jude 1.4, for certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out by this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny only the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> There's reason that the Bible brings this up so often is because it's a problem. And there's so many people that fall victim to these false teachers. They're dangerous and deceptive, just like Peter said. <clears throat> and we often don't, we often can't pick up that they're false teachers. They're not going to announce that they're false teachers. It says that right in our, our word. It says they're going to come secretly. And that's what makes them so dangerous. They're not, they're not wearing a t-shirt on a Sunday morning going, today I'm going to teach you something that's not in the Bible. They're not going to give you that uh, courtesy. They want you to believe that what they're teaching is the word of God and it's not. False teachers like to tell half-truths or twist the truth. I'm not saying that some, somebody's not going to get up on a stage and say true things about the word of God and then sneak something in there that's a little bit off because that's often how it happens. False teachers might be 90% right about what they're teaching and then they sneak in that little 10%, just a little bit off from, from what the word of God teaches. <clears throat> and that's why they're so dangerous. Is because we can see things that, okay, well, I've heard that before in the Bible. That looks good. Okay, well, you know, if he's saying this, he, he, you know, okay. And he makes you question what you know about the Bible. <clears throat> These teachers often seem like they have really good intentions. They say things that sound good. They th say things that you want to hear. But unfortunately, that doesn't make them true. Just because they sound good to your ears doesn't make them true. While I was studying this week, I, I can't, man, I can't remember which pastor said it, but it's stuck in my head. 
He just said, good men who teach lies do the most damage. That's really just stuck with me. Good men who teach lies do the most damage. How many of you guys... How many of you guys have fallen victim to the teachings of a false teacher or a false prophet before? It's so easy. It's so easy to happen. It wasn't that long ago that, uh, it was about 10 years ago, right out of high school, I, I totally fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. I was working. It was right out of high school. I didn't have a super strong upbringing in the church in high school. I grew up in... Uh, going to youth group, but my parents really didn't take me to church as, as a teenager. And, and so, man, I knew kind of the basics, but as often as high schoolers do, they, they get out of high school and they get out of that youth group setting and, and they're on their own. And, and, and you kind of see a lot of the time that these high schoolers out of high school start to backslide a little bit because there's nobody there guiding them. There's nobody there helping them to, to find a church. That's man. That's why if, if you guys know young people, high schoolers, college kids, Make sure you're talking to them. I, I've been there. There's, there's a lot of uh, high schoolers. It's an outstanding statistic. I wish I would have put it in my notes of, of just high schoolers that go to church in high school. And then when they go to college, they're just being taught garbage. And, and, and they don't have anybody telling them, hey, let's go to church. Hey, inviting them to church, inviting them to be part of something. Often they're isolated in a youth group and they don't have that youth group anymore, and they just feel like the church doesn't want them. So I'm just going off on a tangent now as a youth pastor, but uh, it's important. It's important. That's why I'm saying it. So, man, if you, if you guys know that young person, pray for them. Build that relationship with them. Anyway, <clears throat> I fell for that right out of high school. And I was working, and I was working a job where I had to drive from the Valley to the coast back and forth often. And, and I was listening to this podcast and, and it was something to where I was like, I, I wasn't living the life God wanted me to live. It was like, I, I had that relationship with God, but I wasn't living the, the life God wanted me to live for him. I was out, you know, doing the college kid party thing. And it was fun at the time, but it, it wasn't, wasn't fun looking back on it. It's only fun for a little bit, but, I was listening to this podcast and, and it was almost my excuse for not going to church. It's like, well, I got the podcast that I listened to and, and it was these three guys and, and they're an ex Christian rock band. They're cool guys, funny, easy to listen to. And I listened to hours of this podcast as I drove back and forth weekly from the coast. I, I can't even tell you how many hours of just this podcast I listened to. And I, Love these guys, probably idolized them even, just ate everything that they'd bring up. And looking back on it, I just look at how flawed they actually were. But they were saying exactly what my ears wanted to hear as a young person who who didn't know the Bible very well, who didn't have a strong relationship, who was growing in the word of God. And I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And... And come to find out, they're just teaching nonsense. They're just teaching you what you want to hear. Just that I told myself I wasn't going to like rag on any like false teachers or something, but literally the podcast was called the bad Christian podcast. I know I'm, 
I wasn't smart. <laughs> well, the whole, it was the whole premise was like, the, the, and, and the, I think the idea I liked about it was that they were saying some things about the legalism in church and, and, and how it's wacky. And, and man, some of that's true. But then he takes it too far and goes, well, you know, as long as you just have that relationship with God, who cares that you go out and drink? Who cares that you curse like a sailor? And, and that's not what the Bible teaches. But do you see how easy it is to just get caught up in something? You get one thing, and you get hooked on it and be like, okay, well, he, you know, he's saying Jesus. And man, I want to subscribe to that version of Christianity. But it's not the right version. my time here okay uh man just a again rookie mistake of a pastor trying to to cram too much into one but i'm going to move on to chapter three there's a lot more in chapter two and i want you guys to go home and 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 read that that's your homework today you get homework in church today um go home and read the rest of chapter two but basically what chapter two is going to tell you is, is peter just lines up um, just some warning signs of what what's gonna what these false teachers look like, and it's exactly what you think. They're they're in it for for uh, their own glory. They're in it for their fleshly fame. They're in it for money. It says these things right in the Bible, right right in chapter two, and they're just good warning signs to look at, but. My warning to you this morning on, on how to combat these false teachers, more than just looking at the fame or how much money they're making, or, and those things matter, and the Bible tells us they matter, but crack open a Bible and check for yourself. That's kind of the theme of my message this morning. The Bible will, will tell you about these false teachers. If, you, if you've got questions about false teachers, something doesn't sound right to you. Crack open a Bible and look for yourself. Ask somebody who knows maybe a little bit more about you that you trust. You know, what's the Bible say about this? Get a second opinion. It's out there. Just make sure you're doing that research. Also love chapter two goes into a little bit about just, um, I'm just going to mention this. This is one of my favorite stories that, um, that God delivers the, the righteousness away from the evil. And he just goes on this whole, uh, Peter goes on this whole thing about how uh, references a few stories in the Old Testament about um, how God delivered Noah away from the flood because Noah was righteous. And then again, brings up Lot and Lot gets a bad name in the Bible a lot of the time because Lot made a lot of bonehead decisions in the Bible. Uh, but at the end, before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, he, he brought Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah and saved him. And he says, because he's, he's righteous. So a lot of good stuff in chapter two. I, man, just again, wrestled with this all week and just really felt God had a message for me to give to you guys in chapters two and three. So I'm going to try to be obedient and uh, I'm going to move on to chapter three. And the next point I'm, I'm going to make, and it's just really the second point here, keeping it nice and simple this morning, is that uh, Jesus will return. Amen. That's it. 
That's, I'm going to walk off the stage now. <clears throat> chapter 3, chap, uh, verse 1 starts out and says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both which I stir you up or stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly forget, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world then existed, perished, being flooded by water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that the Lord will one, that the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness was long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yeah, I have that underlined in my Bible. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both on earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Long bit of scripture there, but <clears throat> we see this word scoffers in the beginning. It says scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust. And they'll mock us. They'll mock Christians. They'll mock the church. They'll mock Jesus and say, where is he? Where's he been? You guys still waiting around for this guy? What are you doing? Have you guys noticed that mocking Christianity's become like a sport become like a hobby sick there's not even a motive behind it often people just do it for fun i don't i don't get it you got better things to do it's just become something that people do because it's trendy it's trendy to mock the church right now it's it's trendy to to mock god they don't want they don't want answers they just <laughs> They just want to, uh, they just want to mock us. They just want to make fools of us. <clears throat> and so it's nice to hear that that's something that the first church was dealing with. And something we deal with today. Uh, and social media and everything else in our world right now in culture just screams anti-church, anti-God, you know, it's the church's fault. But they're walking according into their, according to their own lusts. It's almost like they're not willing to admit 
that there's some truth to, to God and the Bible. But it seems to me like deep down inside that maybe they do know that there is some truth and, and, and their way of rejecting it is just to, to mock us and say, I hate you guys. Pray for these people. Pray for them. It's, it's, it's really funny being in a mall, such a public place to be in. And I've got stories I could worry with for days about just being uh, moving into this mall. We've only been here for, what, two years now? And it's so fun to interact with people. And we get people on both sides, you know. I get the people that go by and go, it's so awesome that a church is set up in here. But more often than not, it's, well, what happened to the Sears? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I left. <laughs> like, what, what's this? Like, it's a church. Oh, just walk away. Oh, okay, see you later. I, I've gotten everything from, uh, uh, literally a, somebody walked up to me once and went, are you even allowed to have a church in a mall? Like, well, I don't know. We pay rent here. What, yeah. what, why are we any different from anybody else? Uh, you know, anything from that to, just the argument that churches shouldn't be treated the same as any other nonprofit group in the United States. It was just like, well, the churches should have to pay taxes on stuff. It was like, well, what, what's your problem with nonprofits being tax-free? Well, I didn't say nonprofits. I said the church. I was like, well, okay. But, you know, people just want to put us in our own category and act like we're just the worst thing that's ever happened to the United States. When the, the church... Uh, when we're a good Bible-believing, Jesus-following church is the best thing. It's the best thing. People used to look at the church so differently. You know, before, uh, before things happened, government got involved. I'm not trying to get political here, but uh, people turned to the church when they had problems. It wasn't, you didn't turn to the government for problems, you know. You didn't have money for food. You turned to the church. You know, you needed clothes or you needed something. You went to the church. Yeah. Things have changed in our world. <clears throat> but the church has been waiting 2,000 years for Jesus to come back. Did you know that one out of 30 verses in the Bible address the second coming of Jesus or the day of judgment? That sounds like such a small number. That's like any time... Man, if you're in the Word on a regular basis, that's probably coming up every week, if not twice a week, that Jesus is coming back. And one out of 30, there's a reason it's in there so much. It's because it's true. I'd say the church that Peter was writing to knew this better than any other church to follow this because they were kind of church number one coming out of, uh, coming out of Jesus's crucifixion. And, um, and they were there that, you know, there was less time between what had happened. And, and so I, I think it's something that we can really look at that Peter's reminding this church that knew probably better than us that Jesus was coming back, but they had to be reminded it's this, and Peter writes, this says this stirs them up 
says, I'm writing this to stir you up. That would imply that the church needs reminded. And you guys might be thinking, well, Tanner, this is, this is kind of Christianity 101. Of course, Jesus is coming back. But just like Peter reminds the first church, I'm here to remind you this morning and, and stir you guys up because I think it's easy. I think it's easy to forget. It's Obviously, it's in, it's in our head as Christ followers that Jesus will come back, but it's hard to lose. It's hard for us to lose sight of what, what's actually coming, what's actually in store for us. Just the actual thought of Jesus returning. <clears throat> it's easy for us to co- become complacent to, I think, just living in the now and not living like Jesus is going to return and Jesus could return at any time. It could be any time that, that Jesus decides to come back. But he's telling us not to forget. Two thousand years may seem like a long time to wait, but it's not for God. God's waiting for um, God's willing to wait as long as he needs to, to bring as many souls to heaven as possible. To bring as many to come to repentance. Um, and to get to heaven as possible. <clears throat> Verse 11 says, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what m- manner of persons ought to be in the holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with the fervent heat. Nonetheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent, to be found by him in peace without spot and blamelessness and consider given to him has written to you as also in all his epistles and sorry, I'm going to start that over. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to all of these things, be diligent, to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless and consider that long suffering of the Lord of our Lord is salvation. That sounds better. As also our beloved brother, Paul, according to the wisdom given to him has written to you as also in all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they also, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall into your own steadfastness, being led away with air of the wicked, but grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and savior, Jesus Christ to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So Peter addresses that and makes it clear Jesus is coming back. And we see that often in scripture, but 
But what do we do while we wait for Jesus to return? And that answer is just be ready. We need to be ready for Jesus' return. You guys ever seen the movie Joe Dirt? It's kind of older now, but... I just I was writing this. I just, there's a point in Joe Dirt where he's like talking to his some. I can't even remember who he's talking to, but is this, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Joe Joe Dirt. You gotta say it like with that with that accent. Joe Dirt. Um, this is where you want to be when Jesus comes back, <laughs> and uh, and you know there's some truth to that. I think we do need to kind of live like. Jesus could come back. I just imagine, you know, but you, I just like, what are you watching Game of Thrones and Jesus walks into your house? That's embarrassing. <laughs> wow. I would be like. <laughs> but we need to live like Jesus could come back anytime. We need to be ready for Jesus' return. Going back to those two final verses, it's just I think it's just, again, just beautifully sums up what Peter's trying to say here. And you don't fall, or don't fall for fake teachers. Don't give in to the lust and temptations of the world and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. We need to be growing in order to be able to discern these false teachers in order to to continue to grow and to be ready for when Jesus comes back. <clears throat> so, so hard to, to even understand, to, to comprehend what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. And it says the day's coming and and we need to be ready and we need to know what's coming. And the Bible says he's going to come for his people. And then there's going to be a lot of fire, a lot of fire. It's going to be a crazy day. Looking forward to it. I've, uh, I've been, I'm the youth pastor here. I've said that a few times. I'm going to say it again. But I often get asked by uh, just high schoolers and middle schoolers, you know, just who are just, again, going through, they're on TikTok or anything else on Facebook more than anybody else. They're influenced by things in school. They're, they're just being taught trash, yeah. just garbage all the time. It's, it's hard. It's hard being a youth pastor. Pray for me. Please pray for my youth leaders. Um, it's a hard time to be a high school kid, hard time to be a middle school kid. Because there's a lot of voices out there telling them different things. There's a lot of different influences out there. And they live in a culture right now that's just telling them it's not cool to be a Christian. It's hateful to be a Christian. When, when, that couldn't be farther from the truth but that's what they're being told. And, and so they come to youth group and, and they go, well, how do I know this is true? How do I know this is true? 
And, I, and my favorite thing to say to these kids is don't, don't take my word for it. I'm just a dude. Take the word of God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as I close here. Um, but I'm here this morning telling you guys not to take my word for it. Peter didn't write the first chapter and then stop and then say, new thought. We're going to start talking about false teachers. This was all supposed to be one thought. So you guys could be trained in the word. So he's warning, he's telling you, get trained up, know these things. So when false teachers come, you know how to see them. You know how to point them out so you don't fall to them. And when people start to come around mocking Jesus, you're ready. You're ready to stand firm against these people and say, that's not quite true. What you're saying there is not, not true. And I'm here to tell you that it's not true. I think the whole point of just the entire chapter of second Peter is just to, to be, be bold. I think I mentioned this at the men's thing. It's just like, I, it feels like just such a season for the Christian church to, to just be bold right now. Be bold and, and stand up for the faith and be ready. <clears throat> And again, I could, I could stand up here and, and I'm, I'm not scared to do it. I could stand up here and give you a list of book writers and, and people who teach false doctrine and influencers uh, that I would say, that's a false teacher. <sighs> I could do that, but I'm not going to because I, I want you to, it doesn't matter who they are. What matters is that you can spot them out. Yeah. And so I, I don't have to name them. I just have to know what they're looking for. And if they're doing things that are not of the Bible, not of the word of God, if they're twisting scripture, they're false teachers. And we need to look out for them. And here's the thing. I could give you this list. And I guarantee somebody in this room would disagree with my list and say, well, I, you know, I actually enjoy listening to a, message from this guy or, 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 you know, Hey, that's why I'm sitting here saying, don't take my word for it. That's why it just reinforces the point that Peter's trying to make here that you guys need to be just warriors in the word of God. You guys need to be up on this stuff so you guys can discern for yourselves. I'm here to help you. If you guys want that list, I'm happy to give it to you. I'm happy to walk alongside you. Terry's happy to walk alongside you. And we're here to shepherd. But that's, that's, we're just here to shepherd. You guys need to be in the word for yourselves. It's not enough to just get it on a Sunday morning. You guys be in, the, be in the Bible. It's my urge to you guys. Be in the Bible. Be prayed up. Be ready to, to, to stand firm in the faith.